unstoppable force. A look into world champion triathlete Siri Lindley's battle with leukemia. Siri Lindley is considered one of the most significant triathletes in the world, yet her true battle for gold took place off the track after beating the odds of a diagnosis of rare leukemia. How she found a way to keep going and not give up, ultimately thriving as a result of her determination and mental fortitude and emerging triumphant despite all odds? Don't miss out on learning the secrets of success that Siri Lindley made as an inspiration to so many. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. I'm so excited that you're here today. You're on a wellness driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while. We invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Let me introduce our incredible, inspirational guests for you today. Siri Lindley is a two-time world champion triathlon and winner of 12 ITU World Cup races. She retired as the number one ranking triathlete in the world, a place she held for more than two years. Today, as the top female triathlon coach in the world, she's guided Olympic medalists and Ironman champions to not only become better athletes, but also better people. She also is an inspirational, energetic life coach and one of Tony Robbins' 10 favorite motivational speakers. With an infectious and authentic passion, she empowers audiences to strive for peak performance, and to work through and ultimately conquer the demons of fear and self-doubt. Along with her wife, Rebecca, Siri founded and runs Believe Ranch and Rescue, a local horse rescue program in Colorado that has directly saved almost 200 horses and the national advocacy group Horses in Our Hands, which has been a key voice in decreasing by 75% the number of American horses slaughtered every year. In late 2019, she faced her most difficult battle yet 
when she was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. Despite being given less than a 10% chance of survival at the time of her diagnosis, she was pronounced cancer-free by her doctors in May 2020. Whatever she does, Siri Lindley pours herself into the people around her and changes lives for the better. And her results can be seen worldwide. In 2020, after her successful battle against cancer, she launched two new coaching programs, The Serious Squad, for anyone looking to unleash their fitness warrior and find better health, and The Seriously Authentic Squad, a quarterly in-depth program of life coaching. Siri Lindley is married to Rebecca Keat, also a world-class triathlete and coach. Together, they run the Serious Tri Club, a training program for triathletes. They live near Boulder, Colorado with 40 rescue horses, three dogs, a cat. Siri is a graduate of Brown University and is the Brown University Hall of Fame as well as the USA Triathlon Hall of Fame and Boulder, Colorado's Hall of Fame. Wow. Please help me welcome Siri Lindley. Hello, April. It is wonderful to be on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And that was a big introduction. So thank you. You captured it all. And um, it's just great to be here. Uh, yes. Well, you have so much to capture, Siri. So yes, it is our pleasure and our honor to have you here today. I'm thrilled to have a discussion about wow, how did you get to where you were? All of the accomplishments. I mean, it certainly wasn't a, a small thing. It, there was numerous things and it took a long time to get to those. There was trials and errors and learning opportunities through all of this. So let's, let's start by giving the audience a little bit of the beginning. Let's tell about who you are. Well, first of all, I am really no different to every single person listening today. And But what I have done is I have found a way to truly advocate for myself in situations by, you know, choosing to focus on, and this is actually, I have to attribute this to my greatest mentor, Tony Robbins, who... I have been learning from since I was 20 years old. So that's a long time ago. But one of the things in his first book that he wrote was where focus goes, energy flows. And mm -hmm. I read that at a time where I was really suffering. I was suffering deeply with anxiety and fear and OCD and um, was at a point where I didn't know if I could hang on any longer. I was just so exhausted. Um, but those words where focus goes, energy flows, it made me think, you know, we, every single one of us gets to go first in deciding what to focus on, you know, the meaning that we give the things that happen to us and what we choose to do about it. And those three decisions change our entire destiny. So with every challenge, um, that I've encountered in my life, I just have, learned how to discipline myself in every single moment to focus on what's right versus what's wrong, focus on what I have versus what I don't have, focusing on what I have all the control over, which is my what I choose to focus on, the meaning I give things, and my own experience of life in every single moment. And you all get to make that choice. And we also, I mean, you get to go first in deciding 
what life you want to live, what you're capable of, uh, what you believe in. And so what I've learned over the years is to truly advocate for myself in as many moments as I can by focusing on things that are going to move me forwards towards what I want versus backwards to what I don't. Right. And that is absolutely true. And I think that's incredible that you've been on this journey with Tony Robbins. You know, you, you said that was a long time ago, but how fun and cool is that where somebody who has really inspired you and now you get to work closely with, but I want to go back you, your first book, you've written a couple books now, which is very exciting. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but your first book surfacing which I think it was really great that you named it that because you utilize the title throughout the book in so many clever ways. And so I enjoyed that. But let's talk a little bit about how, how you got started and, you know, what, what drew you to, to come forward, to surface, right? Because you said that you struggled very much with anxiety and, you know, it, it, when it's anybody outside looking in, you know, they're like, I, I don't see how anybody who has become a world champion numerous occasions and is now leading other world champions, how they struggled with that. How did you get to where you are? Well, I think one thing that I believe is quite comforting for everyone is that it's through our struggles that we truly strengthen and become the people that we want to be. And, um, I've had my fair share of that. And I think, you know, it all started as a 23 year old when um, I realized that I was gay and my father, who was my best friend, my, you know, the source of the, my greatest source of love, he found out and he basically cut me out of his life. And, mm. you know, when things like that happen, and I'm sure there's people on here that can relate the story he was telling me was because you're gay, you are no longer lovable because you're gay. You don't, you're not worthy of my love or of a father. Even that's the story that he was telling me, but you know, I couldn't afford to live that story. And, and I needed to, it, it made me absolutely desperate to want to do something where I could prove to myself that even though I was gay, I could still be loved. Even though I was gay, I could still achieve great things. Even though I was gay, I could inspire people and, and make a difference in the world. Like I was desperate to figure that out. So in order to do that, and it wasn't planned, but literally a few days after my father had cut me out of his life, I found triathlon. And I had been a three-sport varsity athlete, field hockey, ice hockey, and lacrosse, didn't know how to swim. But I watched these people, and it was so amazing because they were people of all ages, sizes, ability levels. But everyone that was out there racing, it looked as though they were finding themselves through this challenge of the swim and the bike and the run. And I thought, this is for me. This is how I can find myself. This is how I can earn a respect for myself. This is how I can, you know, learn to love myself. And I did my first race. I came in dead last, absolutely humiliated myself. People were yelling at me. I was getting in the way of everybody. But after that race, I decided that I was going to be the best in the world 
in that sport one day. And it was crazy. It was ridiculous. It's an impossible dream. But I'm <laughs> all of you here listening that if you have a dream like that, just chase it. You know, I, when I said that, did I think that it was really possible? No, but I knew that if I set that goal, if I try to become that person that could be the best in the world, what would she do? What actions would she take? What decisions would she make? And I basically started living my life as somebody that was going to become a world champion. And that's what we need to do. Again, we get to go first in deciding what story in life we want to live. And I wanted to become a world champion. So I just started living as if, you know, leaning into this story that felt totally ridiculous and impossible, but doing what that person would do, learning how to swim, getting a coach, modeling the best athletes in the world, immersing myself in the sport, training eight to nine hours a day. Like I trained as if I was her already. Mm -hmm. And after eight years and a lot of failures, you know, I, I, I think one thing, April, that's important is how do you define success and how do you define failure? Because if mm. you set a big goal and, you know, you, you have to expect to fail, you're going to fail over and over and over yeah. again. But what if failure was learning? What if success was making progress? Right. And therefore, in every moment, like I, I was only moving forward because I was either learning, which was making progress, or I was making some sort of progress, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, in which case every single day I felt like I was succeeding no matter how bad I was. So that's how it happened in eight years after setting this goal. I became the world champion and the number one triathlete in the world. And it was a dream. But again, I'm no different to every single one of you making the decision. And it's acting as though, you know, you know that you can do this and do the things that that person would do to make it happen. Right. And, and you, you're, I think you're so inspirational, Siri, because regardless of all of the setbacks that took place. Um, let me mute that for a minute. But regardless of all the setbacks that took place when you were training and all the adversary that you faced, uh, you just kept pushing and going further. And I agree with you about how do you look at your failures? Well, really they're lessons, right? And, and it becomes wisdom. And now I know this. And so I'm going to do something differently. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed in your book was you really described some of the, the things that people don't think about when you're involved in training and triathlons. Uh, one of my favorite parts was you described when you were flying out of the country, you had to pack your bicycle inside a suitcase and the struggles that you faced during that. And, and, you know, it's, you, I think you said you spent like three hours trying to take the sucker apart and then you had to put it back together and all the stress and that, and having to find a shop that knew how to do it. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Because I just think that's fascinating. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Well, April, there were so many things that I would have never thought about. And that's life, isn't it? I mean, when we grow up and we become adults, we suddenly have this belief that we should be good at new things right away. And that just doesn't happen. I mean, remember 
as babies, like we trying to crawl, we'd hit our heads, trying to walk, we'd fall down a million times over. Like that's what life is. There's so when you haven't done something before, there's going to be so much that you don't know about. But things like that, you know, I am just not someone that is good at like putting things together and pulling things apart. But it was like an everyday thing that I had to face as a triathlete because I was traveling all over the world to race in these races and, you know, taking the bike apart, putting it back together again. And in the beginning, as you can imagine, I didn't do a very good job with that. I'll never forget. I flew to my first world championship race in, in Auckland, New Zealand. And I got on the bike course and my pedal just fell off. And so I had to stop and like, put it back on my bike. Like it's, it's all learning. And as I look back, I mean, those are, you're asking me the question about it. Like these are fun stories to tell. And we have to just kind of have an acceptance that when we're doing something new, there are going to be new things that we have to figure out and we're not going to be good at it. At first, we're going to have to get good at it. So to just be okay with that, it's part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree. Another thing that I really liked that you pointed out that I never really thought of, but I, I think it was really popular during the time was when you finally won and, you know, you have this huge accomplishment and you've, you've done it. And then you get somebody that comes to you and say, aren't you going to be drug tested? Why aren't we drug testing her? And what that must have felt like for you. It's just like, wow, how to bring somebody down so quick. And, you know, just you wanting to, you know, relish in the feeling in the moment. And then you have somebody that says something like to you. It's just, I feel like you've had a lot of constant Beats. You know, when you when you are really striving for things that are great, you're always going to run into things um, that that are hard and painful. And I think the lesson of the goal is to just keep going. And again, thinking about that mindset. It um, is all mindset, April. And just on yeah. that real quick, it's so important. I think that those things happen to further remind us that we need to come back to our worthiness coming from within. Oh, yes. We know who we are. We know how hard we've worked. We know, you know, we know the truth. And I think that those things happen um, so that we can learn the lesson to not care so much about what other people think and what other people say, because we're right. never going to find happiness. We're never going to be our best selves from that place. And right. my whole journey for the last, you know, four decades has been coming home to me, really knowing me, who I am, you know, what, what I care about most, what my mm -hmm. mission in life is, what my purpose is. And so those moments, and for all of us, we all face this where people will say something to you that's just unfair, or it hurts you, or it takes you down. You cannot let other people's, you know, viewpoints or perspectives take you down. And I, I always talk about being the eagle. You know, the eagle is the only bird that, um, or sorry, the, there is only one other bird, which is a black crow that kind of taunts and torments the eagle. And as the eagle mm. flies, the black crow is like nipping at the eagle's wings and tries to get the eagle to drop down. But what the eagle does is it doesn't fight back. It doesn't drop down to the black crow's level. 
the ego just flies higher and higher and higher and higher Mm. until that crow can't breathe at that altitude and drops off. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So we need to be the eagle, but in order to be the eagle, it's know thyself and come to find your worthiness from within. And I think one of the easiest ways to do that is to think about that person that you love most in your life. You love them the most. What do you love about them? It's, I bet you it's not their bank account or how many social media followers they have. I bet that it's their kindness or their care or their passion for life, whatever it is. And then ask yourself, do I have those same qualities? And if the answer is yes, then aren't you worthy too? If that's what makes them worthy in your eyes, then you need to see and understand that you having those same qualities is evidence and proof that you too are worthy. And that is the key. So if you want to be the eagle, please connect to you and value yourself and love yourself enough to do that. I love that analogy. And definitely it's, it's been a little bit on discussion and, and, you know, really it's, it's what we say to ourselves too, right? Because the higher you get that imposter syndrome actually gets worse. We've had a couple female fighter pilots on this week. And we Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about that because they, they just kept going so far up the ranks and, you know, to their dismay. Yeah. That imposter syndrome was just, you know, it just kept getting worse and, and having to, like you said, you know, know that you're worthy and to be like the Eagle and to soar above that is something that we all need to do when we start rising above. Cause you know, truly, really my belief is it's, it's only the Eagles that get that height anyway. So, yeah. you know, acknowledge that and, and be graceful with yourself in that when you've gotten to that point, I would love to talk a little bit about, um, uh, so you had this incredible coach, Brett, Brett Sutton, and he's, uh, Australian triathlon coach and a former professional boxer, boxing coach, greyhound trainer, racehorse trainer, and swimming coach. He was the head coach of the trisudo.com. Really incredible. Wow. That's awesome that you got to work with him. He's been described as the coach with the most formidable resume in triathlon, widely recognized as one of the best triathlon coaches, and widely considered to be the best and most unorthodox coach in the sport. And so we have been watching Manly and I, my husband have been watching a lot of Rocky movies lately. I got to catch up. And so what this makes me think of is in the Rocky movies, his coach has him do some pretty unorthodox training, right? He's having him chase a chicken and, you know, (laughs) do all of these things. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about what kind of training was unorthodox for you and what, you know, what was like this wow moments for you with his training and how did it help you excel? I think it was, um, you know, we often get to a point where we think I can't work any harder than I am, or I can't train Mm -hmm. any harder than I am. And when I went to him, um, that's what I felt. I just thought, okay, I'm going to surround myself with these amazing athletes. And that's what, that's going to be the difference maker. But, um, when I got there, I mean, literally it was eight to nine hours a day of training. I couldn't even imagine in my worst nightmares. 
And, you know, for example, day one, a 10 K swim, you know, harder than I've ever swum in my life. And then we lived, you know, 20 miles at the top of the Swiss Alps. And we had to ride our bikes back up the mountain to get back to where we lived. And I'd never climbed anything that steep in my entire life. It was like, it, it took me hours to get to the top. And I'm thinking, okay, that's the biggest day of my entire life training. And I get a knock on the door and he says, it's time to go for a run. And he drove us back down to the bottom of the mountain and said, see at home, pushed us out of the van. And we had to run the 20 miles to the top of the mountain. I'd never run over 10 miles in my entire life. Hmm. So I'm thinking as I finish that, I'm thinking there's no way I don't belong here. Like this isn't possible for me. Hmm. And I remember calling my mom and she said, oh, Siri, like it was a test. You did it. You passed the test. (laughs) And that gave me some relief that night. The next day, I mean, same exact kind of thing where it was like a 10K swim, a three hour, like hard ride up and down the mountains. And then, you know, going to the track and running 25, 400s as fast as you could possibly go day after day after day. And after about eight days, like I just couldn't even move. And um, I remember going, getting in front of him and I said, Brett, I just, you know, I can't do what you're asking me to do today. I can't even bend my arms or legs. And he said to me, he said, find a way. He looked Mm -hmm. at the door as if to say, well, you can go home or find a way. And what I realized in that moment is that all I could do was the best that I could with what I had. All I could do was just try, you know, like just show up, lean in and do the best that I could with what I had. And Mm. what was brilliant about this is that every single day he was giving me something that seemed impossible. But every single day I just showed up, I leaned in, I did the best that I could with what I had. And I proved to myself that what seems impossible is really possible. And that was like the ultimate gift because Hmm. all, and I'll tell you all this right now, you are so much more powerful than you could ever imagine. Like you just, and and how can you know what you're capable of if you're not trying to do things that you don't think you can every day? Hmm. Hmm. So often we get stuck in just doing what we know we can do every day. And we don't, you know, we don't experience what we're truly capable of. So get out there and try to do things you don't think you can, and it will take you places you could never dream dream of. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, this aspect. And I, I come from a law enforcement background. So it when you're pushed so hard and you feel like you can't keep going and, and you feel like it's just brutal and it's this tough love that, you know, eventually once you get through it, you do find you are so capable. You had no idea what you were capable of of until you push yourself, just like you said. So absolutely incredible, inspiring story. And that leads into, you know, I I really feel like that has built the mindset and the know-how for the struggle that came later on in life. And you know, when you were diagnosed, you were given a 10% chance. And so 
you you've said a little bit that you you had to go through that you had to get the bone marrow transplant that was your lifesaver i had to have that when i was 10 so i understand that is an excruciating process not fun whatsoever but i'm so happy you're here (laughs) yes same same right so there's absolutely you know modern medicine is saving lives. And I will never say that it doesn't. There is a time and a place. And we are also, again, so powerful. And we are capable of healing ourselves. So during that time, that was really a time for self-reflection. You said earlier in your book, there was a time in your, your history of being an athlete that you realized you needed to slow down that going faster wasn't doing you, it wasn't serving you. And sometimes I think that disease in life, it, it comes around because it's it's our body saying, slow down. And I just wanted to uh, mention, oh, where did I have it? But um, Rich Roll said in his book, Finding Ultra, the prize doesn't go to the fastest guy, it goes to the guy that slows down the least right? So it's really managing our pace. And so would you say with your experience, you know, and, you know, both as being this amazing athlete and in the lessons that you learned with having a near death experience, that that is part of the the piece, part of the puzzle. Absolutely. I mean, I, every breath that I take is an absolute miracle. And I am so present to that. And I'm so grateful for that. And I live every moment of my life in that gratitude and appreciation for the fact Mm -hmm. that I'm still here. And I had always had so much gratitude, but not to this extent. Yeah. I just feel that, you know, there were so many lessons that I learned in going through that. And it was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. The scariest thing I've ever been through. Um, it was, it was horrible, but again, uh, you know, what meaning are you going to give it? And had I said, this is, this is the end I've like less than 10%, like this is the end. How do you think I would have shown up then? Mm. If I already thought it was the end, like you must make a decision. If you ever get a diagnosis, you must make the decision to do whatever it's going to take to survive, to overcome it. Because miracles do happen. And modern medicine is amazing. I did two clinical trials. And those of you that say, oh, clinical trials, let me tell you, they are the best of the best of the best. Don't be afraid. I just knew it was going to be what I needed to do. But the you know, the meaning that I gave it is that there's something in this that I need to learn. And right away, what I realized was that for a lifetime, I'd been such a giver. I just gave and gave and gave and gave and gave until I had nothing left to give. And cancer doesn't give you that choice. You know, it brought me to my knees. I needed to be taken care of. You know, I I couldn't do anything for myself and I needed to learn mm. how to even I needed to understand that it feels good for people to give to me and to offer them that gift to be able to do it. And that's been the ultimate gift because when you learn how to receive, you actually have so much more to give. 
And I had run myself ragged saying yes to everything that came my way. Yes, yes, yes. And I was absolutely exhausted and missing out on the magic of every moment. But now, you know, everything that I do in my life is on mission, on purpose. If it's not on purpose, if it's not on mission for me, I say no. Because when I do that, I'm bringing all of me to the things that matter most. And that is my responsibility in this lifetime to do that, not to give half of me because I'm just not taking care of myself. So, so many beautiful gifts, but also, yes, you know, proving as an athlete that what seems impossible is really possible served me, you know, when I'm being given this diagnosis, like that was the thing that was my proof that the impossible is possible. And so when I blurted out to my doctors and my family that I'm going to survive this and I'm going to thrive on the other side, Mm -hmm. you know, it was bringing up that proof. I proved that I could do this before. Yeah. This is possible, but it's a demand that not just I, but each and every one of you believe that I can as well. And Speaking of all of those accomplishments, you have now written your life's work. And I wanted to share this. I'll bring um, the other thing up in a minute. But this for the audience, there's going to be a lot of people watching this replay. So you can scan the link on the screen. And this information is also in the description we have a couple of links for Siri, one that goes to her website directly where you can pre-order a copy of her book. Manly and I have ours pre-ordered. We're looking forward to the journey. Um, and also a link to Believe uh, believe, uh, <laughs> believe Ranch and Rescue. Thank you. Yes. So that is www.believeranchandrescue.org. And her website is www.siri.siriandbeck.com. So again, those are going to be in the description. Siri, do you want to go over briefly this amazing life work that you have coming out? And it is forwarded by Tony Robbins himself. Yes. I mean, it's just, I can't even believe that, but he (laughs) wanted to write the foreword and it just meant the absolute world to me. Um, this book truly is, it, it, I get so emotional talking about it because I, I really feel like it's one of the reasons why I'm still here. And mm-hmm. I know that every single person that reads this is going to be touched deeply in some way because it really is, it provides you a journey home to you. And it provides you with all the tools that you discover within yourself while reading it, how to move through challenges, thrive through challenges, and how to achieve what you think is impossible. And it is, there's so much in this. And the thing is, if you pre-order, $1 of every book will go to Feeding America and Tony Robbins will match every dollar. So Mm. every book sold, Tony Robbins will match. So $2 from every book will be going to Feeding America. And I would love for you all to um, order it today. I know you're going to enjoy it. And there will be a lot of opportunities to um, discuss together with me all the different chapters and work through it together with me. So 
Thank you, April. And I'm super excited about it coming out on June 20th. Um, and I can't wait for you to read it. Oh, well, we're absolutely going to be reading it. And Siri, it's a welcome back to you if you want to come back to the Wellness Driven Life Show and we'll discuss that book. We truly could talk so much more about your incredible journeys, what you do. I know you're coaching now, like we discussed a little bit beginning. Anybody who goes to your coaching program is, you know, going to find utmost success and tap into that eagle within. So incredible. Love that you've been here on the show. I, I want to come to a closing uh, for you. And I want to read this quote by Steve Prefontaine. He said, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. Yeah, you are the gift and your body is the gift. This life is the gift. And please, you know, be the champion of your own life by loving yourself like you do your most beloved. Because every single breath in life is a beautiful gift and an opportunity to become more, give more, and truly experience the magic of this gift. So thank you, April. It's been so wonderful. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. And perhaps I will be back someday. Oh, our pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for our audience. If anybody who is watching the replay, again, I know there's going to be lots. Please leave your comments in the comments section below and we will respond. And you know, I want to say, Siri, stay right there. I'll be right back with you. And for the rest of the audience, thank you so much for tuning into the Wellness Driven Life Show. Make sure to visit our website at www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com. And goodbye for now. And we will see you tomorrow.